0: Well, we are in our third week of a four-week series called God With Us. And every week we start with the same thing. We start with the verse that actually gives us the title of this series. It's out of Matthew 1:23. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, let's all say it together, which means God with us. We've been talking about how we experience God in different seasons of our life, different situations, different times. So we talked about how we, how we experience God with us in the valley. And I shared with you the idea that we may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valleys. And then last week, we talked about how we experience God with us in the wilderness as we're wandering And and we talked about how often in the wilderness, God whispers. And why does God whisper? Because he's close. He's close to us in the wilderness. And I shared with you this idea that our deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. Well, this week, I want to talk about another hard season of life. That's the storm. God with us in the storm. Where is God's presence in the middle of a storm? And you could think of a storm as getting hit by one thing after another, one wave after another. Think of waves smacking up against a ship. Now, I've never been in a boat on a storm or in the middle of a storm, but I do have a lot of experience with waves. See, I grew up in Southern California. We went to the beach all the time. And even my last two years of high school, I was an ocean lifeguard out in Newport. Now, I, I never experienced a drowning, thank God. I never experienced riding a jet th- ski through an explosion, tattooed and muscled and all Baywatch style, although that does sound pretty awesome, I have to say. But, but there was one rescue that I'll never forget, See, it was a fairly calm day on the beach, regular crowds, no big waves, just little ones trickling in. And I saw a boy out, out in the waves. Um, and he was having a little hard time, not, not like drowning under or something, but you could tell he was struggling. So I decided to go on, up, go on out and just help him back into shore. Didn't think it was any, any big deal. Now, every time when you leave your lifeguard tower, you always take your fins and your buoy, just like this guy on the screen. Now, it was so mellow, I just grabbed my buoy. I left my fins. Now, if it, this were a movie, this is the scene where the camera would, would focus in on the fins, and the ominous music would play. <laughs> so, I grabbed my buoy. I headed out to, to, out to the kid, got out to him, and, and he was doing okay, but you could tell he was tired. Um, and I said, hey, hey let, let's go on back in. And just then, I look out, and I could see a set of waves coming in. They were the first big waves all day. And they were pretty good sized. And I looked at shore, I looked at the waves. I looked at the shore, I looked at the waves, and realized I could not make it back in with this kid before those waves hit. So I had no other choice but to ride it out. So I got the kid, I strapped him into the buoy, I explained what was going to happen, and the, state, and the technique you do when the big wave is coming, you turn your back to it, you pull the victim up close to you, you, cu- you curl up, and you kind of pound through the wave. And, and so that's what we did. First one came, curled up, grabbed him tight, pound through the wave, and then once you go under, you, gra- you grab the victim and you push them up to the surface so they can get air, even if it means you're under. That's what I did. Now... If you've ever been to the beach, if you've ever gotten knocked around by a wave, it's pretty brutal. You just get churned and turned. Now, that happening once, any good lifeguard could handle that, no problem. But I look back, and there were still three or four more waves coming following this in this set. So I take a deep breath, hold the kid, do the same thing. (laughs) crash in, push him up. I'm getting slammed into the bottom, smacked by the wave. Just imagine a front load washer. There's Greg inside the washing machine. (laughs) I get him back up. The next one, same thing, push him back up. And at this point, I'm sitting here thinking, he's going to be fine. I don't know if I'm making it out of this. It was the only time I have ever been in the ocean where I didn't know if I would be the one making it out. The fourth one came. I did the same thing. Tumble, tumble, smack on the sand. Lift him up. And then the waters calmed again. I swam him back in shore to some very grateful parents. But isn't that kind of what storms are like? They come one after another, wave after wave Bam, your hours get cut at work. Bam, the car breaks down. It costs 500 bucks. Bam, you just drop your phone in the toilet. And not an empty toilet. (laughs) That's what storms are like. And you just feel like, like this little fishing boat getting slammed around. You feel like this finless lifeguard just getting churned by the Southern California waves. And it just won't stop and sometimes we 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 go through storms and some of you some of you are going through a storm right now and you wish it could just be over i wish i could get through this hurricane of debt i wish i could I, i could make it through this tropical storm of divorce how do i survive this thunderstorm of failure one after another after another and sometimes when we find ourselves in real pain we ask the question why and deep in our hearts we want to know an answer to that we want an answer and often we want to find an explanation so often we turn against God and we say God how could you do this how could you do this to me How could you allow this if you're such a good God? I don't understand. God, where are you in this storm? I'm getting beaten up. I'm exhausted. Where are you, God? Well, our big idea for today is this. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Now today, I want to look at a passage out of the book of Acts, at the end of the book of Acts, about a storm, an actual physical storm. This is with the Apostle Paul, and you see, he traveled a lot it's out of Acts 27, the, toward the end of the chapter, and he traveled a lot. Here, here's a passage, here, or here's a map of all of his journeys. He traveled all over the Middle East, Turkey, Greece, the Mediterranean. Sometimes he traveled by land, but he also traveled by sea. And so, in fact, he traveled, he traveled, it's calculated, he traveled over 10,000 miles over the course of about 11 years. That's, that's delta platinum status at that point for back then, okay? And so he just, that's what God's mission for him was. And so we're going to talk about one particular journey that he took from Jerusalem, which is in the bottom right corner, to Rome, which is in the upper left corner. And he took that by boat. And right in the middle, if you go right in the middle of that little swervy, curvy line, is an island of Crete. That's where our story begins. So he picked up, Paul picked up a ride on a cargo ship with a bunch of sailors. And, and that's, so that's the beginning of our story in Acts 27. But first I want to get into character. The sea was angry that day, When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind so we gave way to it and were driven along as we passed to the lee of a small island called Causa Cauda we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure so the men hoisted it aboard then they passed ropes under the ship to hold it together because they were afraid they would not run that, that they would run against sound sandbars and syrtis. they lowered the sea anchor And let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw cargo overboard. On the third day they they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands when neither the sun nor the stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging We finally gave up all hope of being saved. Okay, enough of that silliness. I think I'd make a pretty good sea Captain. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. So, the storm continued raging. Isn't that what it feels like? Isn't that what it feels like? It just won't end. How many of you have used that phrase, that expression? In the middle of something, it just continued raging. The wave just kept hitting me one after another after another. Then they said, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. And isn't that the feeling of the storm? We've finally given all hope. We've given up all hope of being saved. There's no way our marriage is going to make it. There's no way he's going to change. There's no way she's going to let up. There's no way we're going to get out of debt. I'm going to be alone my whole life. We'll never be able to have kids. I'll never be able to go back to college. That's the feeling of the storm. Just this feeling of giving up hope. But remember, never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. So then Paul stepped in at this point. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would, not, then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. Don't you just want to punch Paul right now? Really? <laughs> he was a spiritual giant, but he was still really human and pretty prideful at times. And he said the thing that so many of us say. I told you so. I told you so. So why were they in this storm? They chose to risk it. They're in this this storm because it was their fault. You see, earlier in the chapter, you can see that they actually had some type of vote because it talks about the majority decided, even though the winds were picking up, even though people were saying, no, we shouldn't go, the majority decided and they went, and now they're in the storm. They made a bad decision and now they are paying for it. It was their fault. And sometimes we're in the middle of a storm because it's our own fault. We want to blame others, we want to blame our jobs, our bosses, our parents, our family, our spouses, our, our parents growing up, no. But when it comes down to us, sometimes we are in a storm because it's our fault. You're in a storm because you spent money you didn't have. You're in a storm because you let your emotions get the best of you and you yelled to your parents, you said things to them you should not have said because you feel like that the cultural conflict, the cultural gap between you two are so great, it just drives you nuts, and you explode. You're in a storm because you ignored your health, and things have gotten worse. Now on the other hand, there were some of the sailors there who did not want to do this. It was a majority vote, which means there was a minority group of sailors who were like, dude, this is not our fault. We did not want to go. (laughs) You made this decision, idiots. It was not their fault. And sometimes we're in the middle of storms that are not our fault. Your family gossips and is backbiting and yells and criticizes and you're stuck in the middle of it just trying to survive. Or your company downsizes and you lose hours, or you lose your job. You trusted someone. You believed their words, and they betrayed you. They stabbed you in the back. Sometimes the storms aren't our fault. But regardless of whether the storm is our fault or it's not, we still have to figure out how to make it through. We still have to get through. Remember, never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. So let's see what Paul says next. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. (laughs) <laughs> Meanwhile, the captain's like, that is not good news to me. I'm all for living, but my ship, come on. Okay? But he says, he, says, he has, says, keep up your courage. Not one of you will be lost. And some of you are here today because God wants you to hear that. Keep up your Courage. And that is the sole reason God brought you to church today. Keep up your courage. You will not be lost. And that's what he tells the crew. The ship may go down, but the storm will not take you out. Paul continues. Last night, an angel of God to who, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. Paul was in the middle of a storm. But God's angel was standing right beside him. And when you recognize that God is with you in the middle of a storm... It changes everything. It changes how you think in the middle of the storm. It changes what you do in the middle of the storm. It changes how you react in the middle of the storm. It changes how you pray in the middle of the storm. It changes everything when you know that God is right beside you in the storm. And now what's amazing about this verse is that the angel tells Paul that you're, you're not going to die because God's not done with you. God is going to have you face off to Caesar, the most powerful person in the Roman Empire, and it will begin a change that will change the, the city of Rome forever. God says, Paul, God, I still have that in store for you. You're not going to die because I have more for you to do, I've got more battles for you to fight. See, God wasn't done with Paul, and he's not done with you either. You can't go down in the storm because God's not done with you. He has more for you to do. He is not finished with you. He has more people for you to love. He has more opportunities for you to serve, more ways that you can bring His hope and healing to your family, to your friends, to your world. If you're not dead, you're not done. And God has more in store for you. He will not let you go down in this storm. Because God's not done with you yet. He's strengthening you. He's humbling you. He's preparing you. He's building you up. He's maturing you. And one day, one day, he will use your storm to bless somebody else. See, God will use what you learn in your storm to help somebody else through theirs. God will use what you learn in your storm to help somebody else through theirs. So one day you'll say, I've been through a storm like that. We survived unfaithfulness in our marriage. You can survive it in yours. We cut up our credit cards. We started making smart decisions. We we're praying over our finances. And we got out of debt. God can show you how to do it too. You can say I used to be in bondage. I used to be trapped and addicted to drinking, to porn, to lying, to spending. But God, by his grace, freed me. That same Christ that set me free can set you free. Faithful and I have seen it in our own life. I can't count the number of couples that we've sat with and talked about infertility and not being able to have kids and telling our story of of our three, four-year journey of that. And we've been able to bless and encourage uh, other, other couples. And it's happened over and over again. In the middle of it, it was a storm I would not wish upon anybody. But once we made it out of the storm, God has been able to use what he taught us to be able to bless others and encourage others and give them hope. So Paul closes with these amazing words, these amazing words of encouragement that some of you need to hear today. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Keep up your courage, men. Keep up your courage, ladies. Keep up your courage. Why? I have faith in God. Some of you need to say that to yourself today, right now. I have faith in God. That's why I will not give up. That's why I will hold on. I have faith in God that what he says will happen. My faith is not in what I see. My faith is in what God says. My faith is not in what I see. My faith is in what God says. So when you're in the storm, you will not fear. When you're in the storm, you will not fear. Why? Because God is with you. Because He will never leave you. Because He will never forsake you. Because He is your strength. Because He is your rock. Because He is your comforter. Because He is your salvation. Because He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Because He is the bread of life. He is the good shepherd. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the peace that passes all understanding. He is the peace in your storm. Because He is your God. Remember, never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Join me in prayer. Holy Father, you are our God. And because of that, we will not fear the storms. Lord, we will not fear the storms that come by our own hands, by our own fault, or by no fault of our own. Because you are with us. You are Emmanuel. You are with us. God, and I pray especially for every person here that is going through a storm. God, I pray that just like Paul, you send your angel to come alongside them, to stand beside them and say, do not fear. You will not go down in this storm. God, you are the only one that we can turn to to trust. You are the only one who can pull us out. You're the only one who can restore us. God, you're the only one who can save us. Lord, I pray for for those people today, Lord, who don't have a relationship with you, who don't know if you are there, who don't know if they believe in you. Make yourself as real as any of us to them today. Pull their hearts to you extend your hand to them pull them out of their storm into relationship with you and let them say yes to you now if that's you 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 can leave your eyes closed if that's you, if, if, if you want to say I want to believe in Jesus today I need him as my savior I need him as my rescuer in this storm make that decision today? Say, Jesus Christ, I believe in you. God, I believe you are my Savior. I believe you are my rescuer. And you say yes to Jesus, our Messiah, the one who came down as a baby, that we celebrate as Emmanuel, God with us. God, and and thank you. You are with us. I thank you. We are humbled. We, We are amazed. We don't deserve it. But you love us. You love us so much that you didn't want us to die to spend an eternity apart from you. Lord, to go through this life without you. You love us so much that you sent Jesus Christ to be Emmanuel, God, with us. So thank you Thank you, thank you, thank you. And in that baby Jesus' name, Emmanuel's name we pray. Amen.